And so just so. I want to see. I want to see too. It'd be kind of you know pointless if you called me the old man and you were like eighteen. And here we have the actual season three trailer. Fuck you, Oculus Quest. <laughs> now it doesn't slide the option. Well, fuck them. It'll be a movie. It's gonna be a movie. Oh, just like with Ben and Bob. Guys, do you know how much money we're gonna make doing it this way? Podcast number sixty-three. Oh, oh, oh. He's out of French fries. He is out of French fries, but I, mean, I know he was the French fry man today. Which was, <laughs> it was very nice. I I I did my duty. The French fry man. <laughs> the French fry man. Oh oh <laughs> my God! Projangers and Wallhangers is doing it live. We're going live. Yeah, this, of course, that. is Projectors and Wallhangers Media Network, and we are the Triforce. I, of course, am Matthew Bucarell, the Matman. To my left is Stephen Bucarell, big brother. And to my right is one Mr. Christopher Bristow, the old man. We have some. Kelly's off good. saving the world. He is saving the world from um, what are mutant creatures. Here we see, of course, our website, Pod. Uh, Go back to the homepage and scroll down here because there you'll see uh, episode 62 was already taken up by myself and Big Brother. We did another episode of Spoiler Alert, man. This time we went out and saw The Joker, which I will say amazing. Absolutely amazing. It's not going to be everybody's cup of tea because no matter how you take it, it's Arthur Flex Joker. One man's descent into madness, becoming the evil clown prince on the other side. And it's an origin story. He's not meant to be the Joker for, that you see in Arkham City. And <coughs> Arkham, it's not that Joker. This is a man at the One beginning that's stages. Far gone. And you can honestly, you can continue to work with him. Or you could pull the Gotham and say, no, he was just the inspiration for the Joker that's going to be later on that, you know, um, Battinson is going to take on. It, it, there's a lot that you can do with that, and I really like that movie. It's a masterpiece, is what it is. In other words, listen to the podcast. Absolutely. Or and just then, uh, go and watch the movie as well. Here we see we will have uh, a live podcast here at the A1 Beer Barn, their grand opening at November 9th. Pedrangas and Warhangers is doing it live from the A1 Beer Barn. We're going to come out there with a nerdy news, chat up with the owner, and he says he's going to have a great time there with prize giveaways and tastings and everything. Sweet food and stuff. Definitely check it out there November 9th. We will be on location, and this podcast is sponsored by a dead time story, Chewbacca. Ripped Studios, Tales from the Morgue, Episode 1 and 2, Clean Shave, and uh, Until Death. Oh, <laughs> Uh, they're out now, and you can watch them. They're live. Any uh, status update on that? Uh, uh, no, man. We're just kind of uh, plotting and scheming in the background. There, okay, there's a lot enough. of stuff going on. If you want to contact us, you can go right down there into the contact us page and fill out your name and your email and what your message is. And you know, we'll uh, if you have an idea for verses or any other <coughs> kind of segments or podcasts, definitely let us know. Waiting for Jim to get uh, his bio up. Uh, I've been begging him for a little bit. Uh, one of the OG members of Projangers and Wallhangers and myself. Yeah. Um, yeah he's we need just, to get him on, man. He's working. He's, you know, he's doing, he's working two jobs and just trying to survive in this, you know, this chaotic place that we call life. Yeah. Uh, and not like everybody, though. So, 
But I know that you run through the muck of it, so that's... Uh, I do come through the muck and the dirt of the internet, and I try to find the nerdy news. And, of course, I've been starting off with anime as of late. Uh, the Irregular at Magic High School is getting a second season, man. This is actually pretty big because it was... Uh, the studio Madhouse adap adopted this into anime form back in 2014. Wow. So we got a five year gap here, but now they're getting a second season. And this is one among many that we've been reporting of old anime getting a reboot or getting a kick in the ass. You look at um, another story we have later on, it's the same thing. It's an older anime, but it's getting another season. And this one isn't as old as the one I have in the future. But. It is a great anime because you have these... Uh, it's a world where ma magic is real. And the ma magicians have a little handy... What was it called? It, it was, was like a CAD. Casting right. assistant device, or CAD. Not AutoCAD. <laughs> Drafting joke. But it is... a. Uh, casting assistant, so it looks like a cell phone, and it's how people actually show their magic. This guy's cat is a gun, and he fires his weapon. He's a badass. He's a little Billy badass, but the show follows siblings. Almost his magic wand is a gun. gun. Yeah. What else would you want? Okay. You know what I mean? I want a magic uh, gun. No, continue. Get me, get me a, get me a magic grenade. <laughs> a gun is going to A magic gun or magic yeah. grenade? You see, generally with a gun, you just point it at someone and they die. But the cast and crew are going to be returning. Uh, Denki Bunko. Yeah. They announced, uh, bless you. <laughs> they announced during a special fan event in, uh, for their properties in Japan and announced that the second season will adapt the visitor arc of the original light novel series for the second season. Scheduled for a 2020 release window, and it adapts volumes 9 through 11 for that second season. So, like I said, the show follows a pair of siblings enrolled in an elite magic high school where magic exists. So, definitely check this one out, man. But uh, definitely check out Irregular. It's streaming now on Crunchyroll. And the next story, all I gotta say is, okay, 3, 2, 1, let's jam. Cowboy Bebop. The live adaptation is now in production with this video featuring Corgi Vision. They found their Ian, and uh, that's the little cord pup, which is a data pup. Of course, he's uh, one of the spoils of the bounty hunters that are Spike and the other person whose name is Jet Black. Been going through, and I actually just started rewatching this anime because it is fantastic and it's timeless. I never played. I mean, I never, never watched. I had to start. It's so good. My cousin, uh, cousin Bob, Ultimate Walljanger, he would talk about this back in the day, and I just never gave it a shot until I started really getting into anime. And I was like, you know what, Bob was always talking about Cowboy Bebop, and people say like, oh, Star Wars is a space cowboy, you know, kind of fantasy adventure. That's Cowboy Bebop. It's Space Cowboys, man. Like Firefly. Exactly. It's just like, it's right up that alley. <laughs> but, it was made back in 1998. That's when uh, Sunrise produced the series. Back in the day. So this is old animation where it's the, alright Bob, did you do your 20,000 frames of him drinking a cup of coffee? Like, yeah, I got it. That style 
Animation. Cell animation. You are officially old. But that's why we call you the old man. It would be kind of, you know, pointless if we called you the old man and you were like 18. You called me the old man when I was 27. (laughs) (laughs) To him, that was old. But you were always the old man. You were older than me. That's why your name fits. About six years. And that's why his name fits. He's always been big brother. (laughs) Boom. I'm there, baby. More importantly, what's happening with Rick and Morty? Season 4 release date and the trailer ho 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 shows a lot of uh, scroll down there that should be the trailer right there Rick and Morty are coming back not with the Oculus Quest but well you gotta let that go because that's the ad that's the video no damn I'm trying to skip it I know but Oculus Quest we reported last time I'm really thinking about getting one man because especially if they go with the hand motion kind of control update using the four cameras that are right on your face it's kind of cool and revolutionary. Especially, you got Vader. And super hot. Which, eh, it's not a bad game. This has now become a commercial for Oculus Quest. Feel free to send us one for free. But, here we go yes. with the Rick and Morty. And you see them showing up on a planet. Kind of looking very Rick and Morty-esque. And uh, running from different aliens and all some adventures for Rick and Morty here. Dan <laughs> Harmon. Uh, this was announced via Twitter. They popped the trailer up there and announced that November 10th at 11.30pm on Adult Swim you're going to see Rick and Morty. And uh, I'm really excited for this season, man, but you're only getting 10 episodes. You're getting 5 this year in 2019 and 5 in 2020. So they did what they do a uh, mid-season finale. Me seeks. Look at me. And they're going with some fan favorites there, man. I'm really hoping for at least one episode with Evil Morty showing his head. <laughs> you know, especially since they're going back to doing some fan favorites. Probably not the sarcastic as asshole he is. And there you see he does like a Doctor Strange coat rap, kind of making fun. And Mr. Poopy Butthole. Everyone loves Mr. Poopy Butthole. Besides Beth, because she's a cunt. But check out Rick and Morty coming next story. Dragon Prince. If you haven't checked out the Dragon Prince by now, um, definitely do so. It was released back in 2018, and critics were raving about it. It got 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's saying something, especially if they're crude, stingy asses. Um, But we get a poster, and here we have the actual Season 3 trailer. Fuck you, Oculus Quest. <laughs> <laughs> you just did an ad, a 20-minute ad for them. We already talked about you. There you see the Queen of Dragons. And the main thing for this show is that you find the main characters uh, looking to... You have two, a prince and his brother. You the prince has to go back to uh, rule the world because their dad died. And then the other brother is going through with another elf from another country. They're trying to stop her. They're trying to stop everybody from going to war, which, of course, they're right at each other's throats. That man (laughs) is trying to take one of the last dragons back to the Dragon Queen, and a lot of people are getting in the way. This is going to be their most difficult part of the journey. And the Dragon Queen, she looks pretty badass. Looks like a badass boss bitch. It's a really good anime, so if you do check it out, that you see the glowing toad, 
He's very funny. The voice acting and the special effects and CGI and everything about this anime is great. Special effects? Well, yeah, yeah you have What's special Well, no, you have effects? CGI. You have CGI points in it, which it's not CGI just. blended points within the anime. Yeah, it's not just drawn. It's drawn with CGI to make it more like there with the with the horses and different okay. different effects during it with light and magic, the sorcery. That's where you're going to see a lot of the special effects. It's really done well. Netflix, when they do an anime, man, they do it right. They really do. I'm loving And Seis Macho, that's another one. It's like a Mexican cartel meets... It's like Narcos met Supernatural. And it's really weird, but kind of different. It's set in Mexico. You have Michael Coulter as uh, the black detective who's overly racist against the Mexicans. Riveting. I know. <laughs> and then they go to the only town yeah. in Mexico that, <coughs> that doesn't have a drug problem. Well, so and that's where they find the trouble. Go so, figure. So speaking of was all um, of Mexico supposed to have the a dragon drug problem? Prince, did you know that they just threw um, Avatar: The Last Airbender all like the remastered, updated 1080p versions on Netflix? Which I'm glad you mentioned that the producer of this actually Aaron S. Uh, S- Aphasia? Esphase? I don't know. Something like Aaron, that. Someone. Aaron he is- was part of uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. And Justin Ridman was Uncharted 3. Richmond was Uncharted 3. So you have talent in there, in this anime. That you have Uncharted, you have Avatar, and it ver- feels very much Avatar. And it's still original in its own. Zim, that's the last dragon that they had hatched and then taken of old Mama Dragon. She looks happy. Does she really? Maybe. But I'm really looking forward to that, man. It's coming out in November 22nd. On to your spoiler alert. Uh, this Netflix, this man. Joker article touches on that. Great opening weekend for Joker, man. 93.5 million, a record, record breaker for October, beating out Venom, which this time last year made 80 million. So you still have a 13.5 million. A uh, little str- the extra stride office. there at the box office. The Friday box office was thirty nine point eight million. Oh yeah, first day. Mm. First day. That's and that's a decent haul even for the first day. I mean, this movie, like I said, it, it was amazing. It is great, even though you don't have Batman, you're setting that up nice. I think adding in a Batman would have just clogged the whole narrative. Actually having and then and changing. The way of changing Batman lore and making it acceptable <clears throat> and accurately portraying mental illness. And it would have given you the same story you've heard and already know. This is a story you haven't heard. I'm glad that they actually did something. Yeah. That's that. Well, we already know that. An artistic spin on We already know the Joker as a character is polarizing, but just the way this movie. Took that take on it. And it's here's the extraordinary. Here's the interesting thing because this is very much this movie feels very much like a Martin Scorsese picture, and you can scroll through the cl- uh, the slideshow here. That scene is actually awesome because it's very like it's it's very artistic in a way. It's very like Les Miserables with the clowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a nice nod to go it. Go back up, 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 up. If you hit. Down, down, down. Why are you scrolling Stop. so fast? <laughs> Go down a little bit. Up there. There. Hit. One of ten. Click something Is that there. What you're supposed to hit. Now it doesn't Slide. give you any option. Well, fuck them. 
<laughs> That's why I already tried it. All right. But you didn't click that specific spot. And you do scroll really fast. Oh my god, I know. Anyway. But here we see a little bit of the trailers and stuff. That I mean, you see him going from a nice guy trying to make a kid laugh into his really riveting finale, which involves the Waynes. It involves Gotham nicely. And we're nice not going to spoil anything else. <sighs> but we're people, really, somebody needs to put him on a watch. They need him to put him on a watch list just to make sure we don't go all Heath Ledger, you know, going <laughs> down the street instead of crossing it. We really need to, you know, watch his mental health there. Speaking of mental health, because we don't want to lose him. We need him for another one. Robert De Niro, masterful, masterful supporting role. All right. Because that's life. Also, they say. So, what's happening with The Flash? Season six, man. They got a new poster where he's redder and better. I'm just going to skip. Actually, he's a little bit more gold. You see, he has some new accents on his uh, wrists and on his head. He has a little bit more curve. Looks more like uh, his quote-unquote father's suit now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's really a, a good season, of season five. It's going to pick up with their uh, Barry and Nora's emotional baggage from the last season. And okay. it's also going to be this looming, impending cloud of doom that is Infinite Crisis, which they've been alluding to since season one. With Eobard Thawne. And it's nice that with this, they have Ramsey Ro uh, Rosso, Bloodwork, as being the ultimate big baddie. And he's going to be more frightening and chilling than any villain the team has seen yet. And I think that's a really good thing, having that dark <coughs> twist in there. A really difficult villain on top of the monitor and this looming, impending death. It's We're looking at a really good season six for Flash. I'm getting Connor into the, the DC world now. So, really Arrow, Flash, really good shows. Uh, even DC Legends of Tomorrow, that's one i got to catch up on. Supergirl, a lot of the episodes directed by Kevin Smith. Really good shows. They're really solid. Supergirl, Martian Manhunter, you have Superboy in there. It's a whole bunch of really good writing. So I can't highly recommend it enough, especially since you look Black Lightning. That's another one. Yeah. Really great shows, man. Solid stuff. So, uh, unlike this next story, I don't know if it's that solid. Clerks 3. Eventually. Well, you know. All original cast coming back for it, though, to be serious. Um, including Jeff Anderson. You see Jamie Hughes and Kevin Smith being supporting roles, as well as Dante, Brian O'Harrigan. <coughs> He's coming back. The boys are going to be doing another one in the Clerks franchise. Smith says that uh, it'll be a movie that concludes a saga. It'll be a movie about how you're never too old to completely change your life. It'll be a movie about how a decade-spanning friendship finally comes uh, confronts the future. Is it going to be, be a, it'll be a movie. It's going to be a movie. Oh. Yeah. yeah, that's where they get you. They get you confused. You sure it's not going to be a book? It might come out in audio form. Why are we walking like this? <laughs> <laughs> but Clerks 2, eh, not really my favorite, but the original Clerks was awesome through and through. Even if you just made it black and white because it was cheaper. 
because he couldn't afford color. <laughs> he couldn't it wasn't an artistic color. decision. It was the decision of the wallet. Yeah, because they, had to, they would have had to replace all the lights in the quick stop. Well, when you made when you make a movie for twenty seven thousand dollars, and that's all you spent. Bitch, I made a two and a half minute animated video and I thought it was too expensive. I don't even want to think about making a fucking actual production movie like that. That is fucking insane. <laughs> he made that movie by maxing out all of his credit cards and he took a risk and more power to him. Yeah, that was, that was back in the 90s. Yeah. It was 90, it was 90, well, 93. Okay, it was back in the 90s though. It was still Clinton? Yeah. Uh, beginning of Clinton. Yeah. You know, still living out in the hog. The next story. We're going to be throwing lightnings at that. Huh? We are, man. Percy Jackson, that amazing uh, movie duo. A lot, uh, cut short, a lot like Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man, because I really had a lot of promise for this. Uh, but uh, 20th Century Fox released the two movies, which was Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief and Percy Jackson, Sea of Monsters. It comes from a book series, like all great things do. Book or comic books, you can't <coughs> go wrong. Uh, the series is you mean to tell me made there isn't by, that thing called scripts that are generally in, inspired from books? Hmm. I know, it's crazy. I know. If I was a teenage demigod and it's being rebooted into a TV streaming series format. Here's the thing though. 20, it was, the original one was the, the 20th Century Fox, so with the deal being done, you would imagine that this is going to be Disney's fantasy angle on their streaming service because... You have Amazon with The Lord of the Rings. You have Netflix with Chronicles of Narnia. Now, this with Disney+. Plus. That would be something to watch. Especially if they go through and reboot and do The Lightning Thief, uh, Sea of sea Monsters, Monsters Titan's Curse, Battle, uh, Battle of the Labyrinth, and The Last Olympian. And there's also a spin-off series here, Camp Half-Blood Chronicles with Heroes of Olympus and The Trials of Apollo. I want to see all that in a series. Because I've really loved that, and I'm, I would even buy the audio books and just go through it that way too. Because that is a really solid fantasy series. And that's oh. all I have to say about that. I enjoyed the movies for what they were. You're really good, man. It cost them like eighty million to uh, to do, and they made two hundred million off it, and they just never made a third. They never kept on with. <clears throat> this story is uh, very hilarious, but Marvel Comic Universe has legalized marijuana thanks to one Mr. Wilson Fisk, the Kingpin. Kingpin's going to make some money. He actually says that uh, he, of course, has, you know, the best farm, uh, the best land, the best people to cultivate. Only thing that's really holding them up is the uh, the litigation, which he goes to a dinner with uh, New York City's elite and well, this, he's the mayor. Yeah, the superpower elite. Yeah, in the comics, he is the mayor, and he's trying to finagle his way around there, make the people happy with weed. Kind of tying in how New York City actually legalized marijuana. Yeah. And they're tying it into the universe, which is a nice nod to that, and make, making their own little twist with Wilson Fisk to <coughs> cultivate something here. Now, the real gory detail here is while he's having hobnobbing it up with these elite, they start to openly mock him at dinner. It's probably not the thing to do with that guy. Wilson Fisk. He's very sensitive. He keeps his cool, <laughs> excuses himself to the bathroom, and then there's that man Tyrone. Continues and then he cries. Pop off at the mouth and follow him and corner him in the bathroom. So you know what happened. He snapped and then killed Tyrone. Tyrone. 
Tyrell had it coming. Tyrell needs to know when to leave yeah. enough alone. You don't you don't you, uh, you don't fuck with the kingpin. No. Yeah. No. Doesn't matter if he's the mayor or not, he will snap your neck. Or clearly crush you the door. Clearly this guy's never heard of the kingpin, doesn't know who this guy is. Yeah. You know? I don't think he follows the news. How could you be elitist and not know who Wilson... Well, that is kind of the point. Nobody calls <laughs> Wilson Fisk the kingpin. He is the kingpin or he is Wilson Fisk. I think it's it's you know, Mr. Fisk. Yeah, it's separation of church and state. There. Yeah. But... Okay. That's a nice little nod to uh, what's happening. Like this one. Disney Plus. They're banning Netflix ads. Not just Netflix. They're banning them all. They're banning... Just like we're banning uh, Oculus Plus. Right? Yeah. HBO Max... H- Apple TV, just like we're banning Bob. Bob released a new trailer for Picard, the Star Trek series. Yes. There, and it showed all the Will Riker, Data, but, you know, it's Bob, so I didn't add it in there. Make it so. Yes. And what happened to your mom? I don't know. There it is. It's back. It's fine. Okay. Technical issues aside, but Disney Plus is playing it smart here. They're not playing anybody's ads besides Comcast and AT&T. <laughs> well, Comcast I, is promptly going to display lots of Netflix ads. <laughs> yeah. Com- Comcast or NBC. they added a giant loophole you can yeah. drive a truck now. Through. Comcast, NBC, or Warner Brothers, AT and T. They are the exceptions there, obviously. So they're going to be getting those adverts on there because they're going to be advertising. So AT and T, AT and T bought DirecTV, and that has not panned out the way they thought. That's because it's satellite. Of course, people look at satellite and they're like, "Ah, the future, right? The future." Yeah, maybe in the eighties it was, but not. (laughs) Everybody abandoned that because there's too much shit up there. You got to be able to get out. Can't clog it up with satellites. Sorry, it's a right clogged. Yeah, it is. Like a toilet. Our cables, our service still runs off a of satellite. It just goes to a central location and goes through everywhere through Yeah, but that's office. the way it should be. It makes you feel good being in a central location. Knowing that there are professional IT's people yeah. behind it. It's like a guarantee. It just makes you feel good. Like a warm, <laughs> like a warm hug. So, well, the reason why they're letting Comcast is because they they made com- that deal with Hulu. But, yeah. So Comcast is just still getting some advertising rights. Yeah. And I mean, you look at ABC and Freeform <coughs> and Hulu and FX. They all have their own kind of thing going going on. But it's Disney. It's six ninety nine. You're going to pay for it. November twelfth. But. The good part about Disney Plus is that they are shitting on HBO. Disney uh, has a budget of approximately twelve to twenty-five million per episode for its Disney Plus shows. Okay. Put a little perspective on that. Game of Thrones, HBO, they spent fifteen million per episode for the eighth season of Game of Thrones. Fifteen million an episode, and you got what you got. All the dark shots. A very rushed. Yeah, I know. You defended that scene. That's why I put it out there. Defending darkness. That's right. The whole season was kind of 
It's the Cliff Notes book. Much. Go out and read the book. But <laughs> 25, 12, it's 25 million. I imagine with like what if they're not going to be spending twenty five million on what if. That may be around like twelve, but you're still going to get a good quality show out of it, especially with the voice casting. So that's where you're going. But here's my question: What would you rather? Would you rather have more money per episode? But a shortened season, because a lot of these new shows are going to, like, Netflix. They'll go with nine-episode seasons, ten-episode seasons, eight-episode seasons, Castlevania, four. I just want the content to be good, so I don't care how many episodes are in a season. If it wraps it up perfectly. Yeah. Doesn't, Raising doesn't Dion. Have... That's the mother who's raising a superhero on Netflix. That one just dropped. It's like nine episodes, but it's a yeah. solid season so far. I'm on like episode three or something in there. Yeah, I just don't I, I don't want things to feel like they oh well we could have wrapped this up in like you know eight episodes nine episodes if they, if they go twelve or thirteen like now you're just mm-hmm. putting in filler. Yeah, there's that. It's but don't make it too short. Either. Well, that's what anime fans have dealt with, like with shows like Naruto and One Piece, where there's just a lot of filler. It's really dribble. It, it, it's nothing that, that is actually pushing the story forward. That's why I just watch it. And, well, I play it in the background while I'm working. So then when yeah. something actually pivotal is happening, then I'll turn around and watch for a little bit. Mm. Uh, all right. Uh, two minutes of that episode. Okay, good. I'll go back. I mean, a lot of those, like, uh, One Piece, they're like, oh, 900 episodes. But there's, like, honestly, like, 15 minutes of action that you haven't seen <laughs> in the previous episode. So, yeah, there's mm. that. It's dribble. A lot like our next story. A bunch of dribble. Martin Scorsese. He has a couple comments about Marvel movies that are criticizing. So the Irishman uh, director... Kevin Not Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> it's James It's Gunn. been a while. It's been a while. It's been like five episodes we haven't mentioned them. So... <laughs> Old Caterpillar Eyebrows says, <laughs> I don't see them. I tried, you know? But uh, that's not cinema. Honestly, the closest I can think uh, of them, as well-made as they are... Yo, Martin, shut up. With actors doing the best they can under the circumstances, it's theme parks. It isn't cinema. Human beings trying to convey emotional psychology experiences uh, to another human being. Here's where he went wrong. Joker. It is an emotional experience conveying a psychological emotion from this demented man. It's a superhero fucking genre movie. Yeah, but... It is cinema. It will win an Oscar. So, because... Crazy hero. So, he's, he's saying that the MCU is not cinema. Can I beg to differ with... Endgame? Alone. Just, just they're really good. Robert Downey Jr.'s character as a whole through the entire MCU. Yeah. Because you see him go through his, you know, his oh, yeah. arrogant, snobby face. Cap and Thor the same way. Mm. But, but Iron Man will always be the one pivotal person that kept everybody together, yeah. regardless of whether he was trying to. Well, now you have Tom Holland. Tom Holland literally keeping the MCU yes. together because he was a pivotal role <laughs> in getting Bob Iger Disney called him and, and him. Sony to talk. Really, Bob Iger called him up and said, "Hey, you know, we need to keep this. You know, let's let's do this." So Tom Holland walked in there and said, "Guys, 
Do you know how much money we're going to make doing it this way? <laughs> you know what, Tom? You are absolutely fucking right. How can we make this more that we're the nice guy? Well, this is all you need to do, guys. I'm making Tom Holland the hero here because he really is. He is the hero. And, and you know, kudos to Bob Iger, CEO. Absolutely. Marvel, that is a man who is open-minded and coachable. That's why he's successful. Back here to this story. Joss Whedon actually uh, replied to this saying that first I think at James Gunn, not Kevin Gunn, how his heart and guts go are packed <laughs> into Guardians of the Galaxy uh, I revere Marty, and I do see his point. But, well, there's a reason why I'm always angry. I'm, I'm curious. Nodding to the impression. What, what was the last movie that Martin Scorsese put out? Well, The Irishman is actually coming out soon, I believe. Okay, so, so do you think his movie will make... How much did Endgame make? <sighs> Scorsese with Taxi Driver and a whole bunch of... Really solid. Yeah, behind, but, but even if you add inflation to that, it still doesn't equal the take no. that Endgame made. But here, you see James Gunn. He says, Martin Scorsese is one of my five favorite living filmmakers. The outrage when people picketed The Last Temptation of Christ, which was probably one of his most recent movies. Go back up, bitch. And he was done reading. Without having uh, seen the film... I'm saddened that now he's judging my films in the same way. And then he gets a little bit cheeky down here with his other ones. Scroll down slowly. There we go. That's the sweet spot. Uh, that said, I will always love Scorsese. Be grateful for his contri- contribution to cinema. And uh, can't wait to see The Archman. I'm not saying I'm a re- religious zealot. Is uh, Religious zealotry is the same as not liking my movies or saying uh, in that same category. What I'm saying is I'm not fond of people judging things without actually seeing them, whether it's a movie or about Jesus or a genre. Very good poignant points. Kevin's got a good point there. Well, I mean, <laughs> he runs a radio station. He has to be logical. Yeah. It's like a, like a, a good person. 93 WMMR. Now, everything that rocks, but he, <laughs> he's not the first person to start poking fun at actual Marvel movies. James Cameron, Bill Maher, they all have unsettling things to say. The Irishman is currently at uh, 100% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, currently, by the way. My wife is watching. Hi. Oh, hi. <clears throat> but Bill Maher, his was a culture that thinks comic books and comic book movies are profound meditations on the human condition is a dumb fucking culture. For uh, uh, people to get mad at that is just proves my point. You see a lot of that closed-minded thinking that is really just poisonous. Bill Maher but, hasn't been relevant you know, for at least 15 years. I was about to say, what, the 90s? What he's really saying is, back in my day, yeah. we made real films. You little young fucks don't know what the hell you're doing. Damn whippersnappers, don't get off my lawn! And now we're finally getting the get off my lawn! With this, literally, the best-selling movie of all time being Endgame, outbeating James Cameron. Yeah, I think that's Sour Grapes. <clears throat> Yeah, but this one money is still money at the end of the day. I don't know. I'm telling you right now, this story is going to make is, a butt ton of money. What is this story? We have two different Matrix movies in the works at Warner Brothers. Okay, home, home of Mr. J.J. Abrams. 
Man. Now, mm. Zach Penn took to Twitter to clarify that The Matrix Projects, the movie that Penn wrote, the movie that Penn penned. See what I did there? Ha ha ha! That's why I wear the hat. And uh, it's set <laughs> earlier in the timeline of the Matrix universe, which I would love to see a live action. They did the Animatrix, mm-hmm. which was anime. It covers all the It covers the, the history. But I want to see that live action. Pick a time point that's crucial, like maybe the Machine Uprising, where they're just like, yeah, we're going to put you in this battery now. Or give me something to where like it's like give the me, first people me, coming out. Give me the 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 point of you can make it like a, a prelude of the movie of like the first people coming out versus yeah. like like how we got here is the first people being tested to be put in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Now the other Matrix movie made by he she uh, Lana Wachowski is not Neither of them are reboots, but that one is later on in the timeline after the original trilogy. So we have a before and after happening. Okay. Which, yeah, absolutely. If you get Neo and you get Trinity in that bitch and you see them going through, all right, they can work it out. They can make Neo alive somehow. They well, died they at the end of it. Been reset, Both of them. Yeah. Multiple times. Exactly. So it could be reset again. Yeah. With their yeah, with their inception, mm. very true. I mean, they're test tube babies. I'm sure they got like this a save file or something from them. <laughs> no, we, we're, we're, we're doing, <laughs> we're doing, we're doing the codes from like Simon's <laughs> Quest and NES. <laughs> like, do they have it written down on a napkin somewhere with Justin like ketchup stains or? Stories. <laughs> but I'm really excited for the that. And the Matrix when it came out. That was one of the first box office records that had like a huge cult following behind it. Even though cool, the Matrix yeah. code in the movie was just a bunch of sushi re- recipes. That's all the Matrix code was. It was a bunch of sushi. Which the original Matrix it, came. It out, is delicious. The, the original Matrix came out the same year as the Phantom Menace came out. So probably didn't have the Philly roll in there. No, no. Maybe the California roll. Maybe some, some sashimi. What's up? <laughs> Did you see they got the wasabi uh, smoke detectors in Japan? No. For the people who are like you know audibly impaired, they have a that's smoke detector do. like mine that's beeping in the background. Uh, I'll change that. I just bought batteries, but they have a smoke detector you that sprays every, wasabi every every uh, clock cycle. So fall back, you change them. Just yeah, it's probably about that time frame. But we do it once a year because that's when it squeaks. Yeah. The next story is real exciting, man. We have there, Lost in Space Season 2. I have not seen Season 1 yet. Really good. Me neither. Take off of the original <coughs> classic, yeah. uh, the 60s version of Lost in Space, Danger Will Robinson. The, alien, the robot is a robot alien, so that's where they kind of changed that up. Okay. But he still has some kind of a... Uh, relationship with this alien robot that, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything but it's the, their relationship is interesting the planets and the different alien creatures their their journey itself Robots really still look good. like a guy in a suit waving arm Well, it's a kind of black suit like Mark Ruffalo to where he has a whole bunch of like yellow lines and stripes and dots and polka dots There's and triangles on Reference to the early show I did not get that Ready to transmit <laughs> danger, danger, will roll. But 
Really looks good. It's coming this Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve. You can this year. You can check out the second season. So if you're not on that now, you can go up to click. Hang on. Where is it? Boom boom. Netflix. I point at the Netflix thing. Right at my fat head. But we have uh, our next story is where somebody gets creative. For no other reason than just because he could. Uh, a gamer gets Doom running on a McDonald's cash register. That's, um... Why? The original Doom? Like the... Yeah, r- original Doom. MS Doom. Yeah. Yeah, that's why. That's exactly why. Because it's a simple, basic game that you could easily run on pretty You much got a game. game to run on a computer. Oh, I'm so impressed. But the thing is, is that here you see... And McDonald's was clearing out their old cash registers and getting new ones, and he asked for one, and they just gave it to him for okay. free. They so, gave him a McDonald's cash register for free, and he's like, what am I going to do with this? Let me see if we can run Doom. So he put the uh, 19-year-old Ryan Edger, uh, Edgar has visited his local McDonald's, switched it out. He then went home to his home PC... He took a copied uh, Z-Doom, which is the source port, onto a USB drive, opened the the task manager, and with that, he was able to run the .exe file. And there you have it. He was running Doom on a McDonald's cash register because he was clever. Okay. Okay. He gets gets nerd points. Yeah, he gets a nerd point for the week, man, because... Well, I would never have thought to do that, but he's also going to be trying to do uh, Sonic Adventure, too. Okay. He's going to try to get that running on the cash register, but no uh, word whether he's successful or not at this time of uh, recording. Uh, I would have gave him uh, cool points if he did that while at work, but... I would have really given him points if you could get Skyrim to run on. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. No, no, probably a bit too advanced for Skyrim. But uh, this one is... The Not story, the technology the employees. Yeah, this story is just interesting. Um, Mc, Wendy's is making a tabletop RPG, i.e. Uh, Dungeons and & Dragons. My and uh, you're battling a very copyright-friendly Ronald McDonald. It's called uh, Feast of Legends. It is a 100-page free manual. You can go to the website and download it for free. If you're into the whole thing there, but here you see that's Wendy there. I assume is order God of the baked potato, hilarious. order of the double stack. You have order of the baconator, uh, which is cold resistance. You have order. Uh, you have to pick an order of the adventurer. Order of the spicy chicken sandwich My deals a magical I, fire damage. My coworkers and I were talking about this, and they say that if you eat a baconator in real life, it gives you plus plus X to strength. And so if you ate like ten baconators, not only would you get like eighty strength, but you also have a heart attack and die. <laughs> Which <laughs> is exactly what would happen if you ate that many baconators. So impressive <laughs> that they got that real life aspect in the game. That's crazy. Yeah. But you have skills like strength, intelligence, charm, grace, and arcana. Okay. And uh, the build characters that ascribe to those orders, you get different things, like we said. But uh, it's out there for free now, man. The fight against, uh, fight the war against frozen beef, against the evil jester. 
which is their copyright-friendly uh, Ronald McDonald. There is... Um, you have to find... Feast of Legends. Here it is. Download, Download the PDF. So, if you look at the map of this, it is hilarious. Um, Throw it up on the big uh, screen. Yeah, on this transition. Transition that and ready to transmit. Oh wow, that is an impressive map. So the okay. deep freeze is a knock to McDonald's because they freeze their patties. Yeah. Um, the the nation okay. of Fresh Town, French Fry Forest, Roast Beach, Top Bun Mountain, Bottom Bun Mountain. It looks like a hamburger. I get it now. <laughs> oh man, look at the box. What's um, in the box? <laughs> Lake John Silver. <laughs> I want to explore their box. Twin title of the podcast. Thank Twin, you very much. Twin Cities of Carl and Ooh. Temple of Panda. Panda Express. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very tongue tongue in cheek. The Bottom Bun Mountains. Come on, no fart jokes. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Damn it. I'll download this PDF for you just so you have it. Absolutely. So now I have Feast of Legends, and uh, maybe that's a a different podcast. That is a different podcast. (laughs) We play the Wendy's (laughs) D&D. I am totally being high and arcane. We should play the Wendy's D&D at a Hibachi's and record that. Yes. (laughs) While they throw shrimp in your mouth. Yes. That is the dice. <laughs> that is the how dice. How many shrimp do you get by how? All right. He's attacking you. Come on, man. Help Multiply me out. that by one D3. Bounces off your nose like, you son of a bitch, you threw it crooked. <laughs> and that's how we never went to <laughs> went there again. <laughs> Matt Man gets escorted out of a hibachi. This next door is a little bit weird, but I'm going with it, man. Greetings from Peace Island. This is a game where... It's an open world game that lets you solve mysteries as a gang of cats. A gang of cats. Yes, nine cats. And they all have specific skills they can use to find you and solve the mystery of why there are no people on a remote island in Maine. Connor would love this game. Because it's a remote island. Only because, yeah. only because he watched Secret Life of Pets. So he was laughing hysterically at the dog that was being trained to act like a cat. I haven't and be like, seen it. You know, and then there was like, all right, put the coffee cup, tip it over on the computer. We'll run it on Amazon. Um, but yeah. the, uh, That's the, the gang of cats, they try to solve the mysteries together on the beautiful main island, which is human-free. The game focuses on discovery and exploration which will feature four distinct communities, detailed interiors, realistic weather, and day and night cycles, interactive surroundings. There's cats. Characters are nine cats with uh, their own personalities. It's in, in development for Mac, PC, Oculus, and uh, VR systems. Uh, Oculus! Now, here's the thing. This was a Kickstarter, and on Patreon... 345 people backed this on Kickstarter, getting $13,098. Okay. You made a game with $13,000 to where you are a group of rally cats looking to solve a mystery like fucking Nancy Drew. And I'd still buy it. It's cats. It's cats. Give me DLC where you get like an Assassin's Creed skin. I'm totally down. Assassin Cats. I want that game. 
Ubisoft, make it happen. Matman demands it. Next in the news. Ah. Talk about assassins. This story, I'm sure everybody's going to be rocked and completely shocked at. Um, What's the title? Ubisoft reveals that Assassin's Creed players are horny. No. I know. Never knew. With the one-year anniversary of Odyssey uh, happening on October 5th, Ubisoft released a bunch of stats on how people have been playing the game. So, uh, 71.5% of players opted to flirt. 66% of the time players were telling the truth. So that's actually an endearing kind of stat right there. Okay. Surprising it's only 60%. Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, I see that kind of par for the course. And opting for a friendly option is 68%. So 68% of the time, they're opting for a friendly option. So 68% of the time, they're friend-zoned. Yes. And uh, 57% of players choose the God option over the human option. Players have killed over 20 billion people in the game. Players have killed the total population of the ancient world over 121 times in a year. So 68% of the time... It's a really long game. (laughs) (laughs) It is a really long game. It's really long. I mean, it's not hard. If you really want to kill everybody, you can. If you want to be a dick. All right, well, that's easy. Richard. Hi, Richard. (laughs) I forgot the Unicorns with purple wings. That's Assassin's Creed all over, isn't it? Yeah, they've got their very own Pegasus. But, yeah, man, I thought that was pretty great. There's 645 million hours of play, and that was just one person. I thought you were talking. No, I'm kidding. That was everybody all combination, but that game is fucking long. I thought you were talking about Dragon Age. Actually, and I saw an article that said that Greedfall, the game that I've been playing through, it's the modern-day Dragon Age. Okay. Which I would I would concur with that, mm. because they go with a he- really heavy-on story, and combat and the RPG elements to where I'm really happy just plugging away at that one. (coughs) But (coughs) Nintendo, long before Sony ever decided to strike a deal with Disney, Marvel, they had another deal. It was with Nintendo to make a game console called the Nintendo PlayStation. This was supposed to be the advent of um, what soon to became the Sony PlayStation. Mm-hmm. The deal fell through. Oh, well, this was right after, like, at the end of the Super Nintendo's life cycle. They were mm-hmm. in development with this. And because, of all people, Panasonic's 3DO was on the horizon as, you know, a Super Nintendo killer. Okay. So. Man, 3DO didn't go anywhere. No, it didn't. Well, then again, I remember that. PlayStation wouldn't have gone anywhere if it did go with, with Nintendo. It would have been we, forgotten. We wouldn't have seen Final Fantasy VII in the iteration that it was. So much, so many great titles came out on PlayStation. Like, <coughs> you know, the original Grand Theft Auto III, Tekken. Uh, all, uh, Grand Theft Auto III was not original. That was PS2. Ah, that was PS2. But I, I, so I challenge anybody with a... Um, Jack and Daxter? Two. Two was on PlayStation. Uh, one Jack, was and on Jack, PlayStation. Jack and Dexter was PlayStation 2. 
PlayStation um, was uh, Battle Crash Rage Bandicoot. Crash yes. Bandicoot. Spyro. Spyro. Yes. 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 Uh, ESB and Extreme Games. Tekken 1 and 2. Um, uh, I'm dealing... I'm just relying on... So, the so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge people who play the original Final Fantasy 7. Whether it's in a like a port for Steam or port for uh, PlayStation, but it's gonna be tough. Or if you go out all them people over to your house, <laughs> or if you go out and buy a brand new used PlayStation, and challenging all those people on an internet forum, that's gonna send you all over the globe. There. So the reason why, like the reason why the the audio, like the the music for certain, like Final Fantasy VII, was the way it was, mm-hmm. is because they were still on the the old um, system for MIDI. Mm-hmm. Which was what famously was for Super Nintendo. If you play Final Fantasy VII versus Final Fantasy VIII, eight was actually an orchestrated soundtrack, like an yeah. actual orchestrated soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't or- orchestrated soundtrack that had, converted to MIDI. That was the CGI that now we look at it as it's a meme, but yeah. back then it was oh my god, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a bit of that dated nature in there, but the cool thing about the Nintendo PlayStation is that it can play Super Nintendo or Super Famicom games. And there's only one known in existence, and this man <laughs> is selling it. Terry uh, Diebold is the owner who found it while start sifting through junk. And he spun gold. Junk in <coughs> his house? or doesn't his... specify. I don't think he wants them to know. Which makes me think someone had this and they threw it away. They're going to be kicking oh, themselves. Man, that away. asshole. He's kicking himself all <laughs> the way. Someone's there like, damn it. There were only 200 of them made, so 200 people are kicking themselves. But yeah. one guy found it in the trash and said, <laughs> but keep How many this. more could possibly be left? This also is the only one in existence. This was Nintendo's no, answer they to Sega of. CD yeah. as well. The Sega CD was really forgettable as well. Yeah, the only thing that you probably remember is Night Trap. Not a thing. Yeah. You can, you can watch no, it I remember Steam. it. You can, you can play it on Steam. Somewhat. Sewer Shark was one for Sega CD. But jumping up into the next story, which is another PlayStation story, the PlayStation walls of Berlin have fallen, which has always been cross-play. Cross-play for PlayStation is exiting beta, and it's now a full feature for developers to take advantage of. Is it going to be a <clears throat> subscription service? No. PlayStation? No, it's just Subscribe a for this much a month? And if, like, can... on Death Stranding, where you don't need multiplayer, now, if Death Stranding came out on Xbox, which is not, because it's <coughs> exclusive. Call, but Modern Warfare is 16 go. days. Call Yeah, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. That, you can go <laughs> and so play on, to, with somebody on Xbox, PC, I'm assuming, and regular all consoles. All consoles. So it's just, you know, PlayStation and Xbox. So you have to sign up for an a Activision account. So then, the, your Activision account, much like how they worked, like Fortnite and, yeah. and PUBG, uh, Rocket League, either of those yeah. games. Yeah, Rocket League is like the Top Gear episode when they play soccer with cars. Yeah, no, I know. I've I've seen it. Which really. is actually entertaining. It is. So. A, it, it is, is a, a fun nice, game. funny little game. Um, but Call of Duty Modern Warfare is probably gonna, is estimated to be the first person to really take advantage of it. And this. it's going to be the first game that really taxes that service. Yeah, it will tax it too because especially the Call of Duty franchise, there's a, a big esports league behind it as well as a huge fan base for the first one. I remember when Modern Warfare came out, 
and you got the nuke scene, you got soap, you got all that great storytelling. That's when the story actually meant something. Yes. In a mm-hmm. Call of Duty game. And that was the fantastic part. But they're rolling out remote play to all Android devel- devices as well. This is one that you popped up on in the stories. Yeah, so if this was a feature that was on iOS for quite some time, and now that um, not a lot of people have a PlayStation TV device or a Vita, they, you know, because that's always been capable for remote play. So, is this their way of replacing Vita? Um, in the remote play feature, living love Vita. Because you have, you yeah, have Switch being the you can take me anywhere. And this kind of being like like with Xbox with their own. Most cloud service. A lot of people are searching for that gaming on the go motive. You can still do that with an Xbox, but um, you just need capable internet to do it. Just like with you know PS4, you just need capable internet to do it. So, like I have Fire, so I got gig speed, so I'm I'm happy. You know, we're content. Yeah, you're content. We're Comcast. We're content. It comes with the package. You sign and say yes. You are content. It's really the best you can you can expect. Is content. Or it's the game that we deserve. Yep. Uh, but I mean, it's it's easy to to to, uh, to use as far as remote play. You can connect any Bluetooth controller to it. It'll it'll automate the the buttons to it. So Ooh. whether it's a Xbox or something. With the recent uh, Apple update, that you can now use Xbox or PlayStation controllers yes. as a controller on that. Originally, there Ooh. was like a problem with like people who played Fortnite or uh, believe like Call of Duty Mobile as well. Yeah. And Apex so on your phones, they were having problems with that, but I imagine that's probably since been fixed. Well, Call of Duty Mobile has <coughs> has uh, re- removed the feature to for the uh, uh, controller, hmm. so because it gives them an unfair advantage for mobile players. I would understand that. But so, EA is being sued. Off to litigation news. Okay, EA is. Uh, being sued for patent infringement in Apex Legends and Anthem, and there's a twist here that will actually get your jollies off if you're a gamer. So the U.S. District Court of Texas sent uh, EA a legal notice for two counts of patent infringement filed by Stone Interactive Ventures, CIV, last month. And uh, what they had to do was EA was required to obtain a license to operate on the said patents, which they didn't, and that is where this lawsuit stems from. So I'm not saying I'm patent for something that they didn't. Not that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm really grateful, grateful hearing that EA's shitting the bed once again. You know because. But I think they're going to be good for it. Now here's the question that uh, everybody's wondering right now, Matt man, what is the patent? If you scroll down, you'll see. That the patent in question is uh, generally related to the management and ownership of virtual properties, distribution, and sale of program objects. Both violations, though, uh, their in-game currencies are the issue. It's infringing on obtained virtual properties through virtual currencies. So... That is where it comes from. Through the Apex Legends, through the uh, Apex Shards, and the... Uh, Anthem Shards. Anthem Shards and Apex Points. Through that, and then buying the customizable stuff online, that is the patent infringement, because they didn't get the person who invented that 
They didn't get their okay. So I love, I love the bottom line on information and belief and belief. EA form, formally registered to do business in the state of Texas under Texas SOS file number. And then look at the date, March nineteen eighty seven. Like they're getting them on like twenty year old shit, and they gotta pay. Yeah. For you know the royal, the monthly royalties, whatever they determine. Well, if you or actually, if, take it out. If you read further in depth into the article, they're probably they, going to pay. They, they said that it, it, they don't necessarily have to pay because it's like the, the people who own these patents are just saying, just pay us and we'll put this to bed. Yeah, it's a it's a cash grab. But That's all it is. I like hearing that EA is getting sued because somebody forgot to dot an I or cross a T. For yeah. a few years, apparently. <laughs> get that company a couple more whips. Minus, minus get that company a couple more whips, all right? And Battlefield 1. Um, the last three Battlefields for, for, for there, they were pretty good, I will say. So, this next story is a pretty, well, I would say a pretty big game, but it's a well-anticipated game, Marvel's Avengers. The story length has been uh, confirmed. A lot of you aren't going to be happy, but director Rich Briggs spoke out about the length of the game, Giggity, and uh, depending on how deep you go, <laughs> that's right, uh, the core story will be about 10 to 12 hours long, which I find is very disappointing. Yeah, most games 10 to 12 hours are not worth $60, I will say that. Exactly, but they're really betting on if you want to do everything. And if you want to do everything, you're looking at approximately 30 hours or so, which is like Tomb Raider. So they're going along that kind of line. This is not exactly the game I would pay $60 for. I don't care how much after-season free stuff you throw at me. I want it now. I don't just, you know, I'm not going to pay $60 for a quarter of a game. And yeah, a guy who doesn't actually you look know, like I don't pay actor. giant for groceries that I'm going to buy. You do every day. And I mean in the future. But it's We've got America this game still promise. has a good America? bit of promise. America. If, if you go to the next story, I'll explain. They sat down at the New York Comic Con and they released a new trailer revealing one Camilla Khan, if you want to play that beautiful bean footage. And it's showing off in this new trailer. Uh, tutorial, what a little bit of uh, the gameplay we can expect from it is. Camilla Khan, if you don't know, is an inhuman who has stretchy powers like Mr. Fantastic. She was on the Triskelion the day of the attack, and she's actually going to be the main protagonist of this venture because she's going to be trying to get the band back together after A-Day. Okay. Running around finding Avengers. And in the trailer, you see her talking here to Bruce Banner, the Hulk, and him just kind of being a pussy, not wanting to be any part of it. Hulk then takes her over to Tony, and they're saying it's kind of feeling like Destiny. Mm. But not just Destiny. They're saying that it's feeling a little bit of Spider-Man, a little bit of God of War with the combat, and a little bit of Destiny with the perks and and the gear sets. So where you're actually getting a lot of different games into one, really kind of, I see this as them just kind of cherry picking the best things that they wanted from. We stole other some games. code from God of War. We stole some code from this game. Yeah, we'll just say it's like that, even though we, we yeah. just stole the In other code. news, um, over, just wait till it goes on sale. Essentially, wait for the game. I was telling him, wait for the it game. It has to, to be cheap. Game. 
Wait for the game of the year, uh, game of the year edition, to where you get all the DLC, everything, and you wait for that to go on sale. Yes, that's when you buy. Not the just the game of year edition to where they charge you sixty bucks again. Or if you're like wait me, wait for that one to get on sale. If you're like me, I will just wait till they add that into either Game Pass or PlayStation. Now, here's the thing: I'm calling it about a year from now. We'll probably be saying like, "Oh yeah, I finally picked up that Avengers game, man. That was so great." Now that I only paid this much for it. Yeah, it's going to be one of those. Oh, thank God I didn't it's, buy that new. It's going to be one of those titles, I'm thinking. Ooh. I.e. No Man's Sky. Yeah, but not like this next story. I'm really excited yeah. for this new Batman game, man. The uh, Court of Owls. Even though it's not going to have uh, one Mr. Kevin Conroy involved in it. He's not dead. No, but he when asked in an interview whether he would return for this gameplay, and he was in Arkham, Arkham City, Arkham Knights, he was your Batman, he wasn't in Arkham Origins. That was Craig Smith. So with that, Kevin stopped down and said, when they asked if he was going to be in it, he said, I'm not in it. And he said, I don't okay. know why. I don't know why. Nobody talked to him. Nobody asked. But he's always given his stamp of approval on the Arkham games, along with Mark Hamill. They both love them, especially sure. like especially with Kevin is a little bit busy with the live action uh, Arrow I'm crossover. So, I'm so stoked for him for being in that. Oh, man, I just want to see him in like the animated series Batman style costume. That would be sweet. You know what that I mean? That would be awesome. I don't <laughs> expect a lot of acrobatics or even a Batman Beyond costume. That would be awesome. No, because he is older. He is older, but that one you have to have. You have to have. Keaton. Yeah, but they, they, I don't think they have the money for Michael Keaton, or he's just too busy, or something. Keaton but needs. How to, could you not reach out to Michael Keaton? You've reached out to Tom Welling. Keaton needs to swallow his pride and just do Batman Beyond. He says, like when they were filming Homecoming, he kept telling Tom Holland in between takes, "I'm Batman." How do you not ask that man? <laughs> he has it in his blood, and he likes the fandom, man. That's why. Anything Batman, I'm always a big fan of. But the Court of Owls game, you get Raja Ghoul, you get all these different Court of Owls storyline in there in an Arkham <coughs> game. This is going to be another classic. Hopefully, it doesn't have the rocky launch like Arkham Knight did, to where it was pretty much unplayable on PC for months and months. Yeah, and they actually yeah. gave back money to everybody who wanted. That to was that first year too. That was horrible first year for that game. Eventually, I bought it when it was on sale. A lot like I'm going to do for Avengers. Much like you're going to do. Full circle link oh, comes all the way around. This is the, so this one we we caught the like the last minute. Yes. Wedge Antilles, the actor Dennis Lawson, will be reprising his role as Wedge Antilles. So, as you know, it would be, you know, Wedge and Luke came from Tatooine, and mm-hmm. you know, Wedge left before Luke. Yeah. So this will be a good, like, encompassing circle just for this person. Just a nice little, not uh, a nice little role for somebody. You know, curious how they're going to use them. I mean, probably they'll probably put them in with um, uh, Billy yeah. D. Williams. With good on you. You know, because he's going to be ahead of the, you know, the whole resistance they have. Yeah. Just like Leia is. To where they're using uh, footage they didn't use in Force Awakens, which it's going to be a time, but I'm still going to really, I'm going to well up seeing Carrie Fisher on the screen again in Leia, especially knowing she's dead. 
for a while now. Yeah. It would be really wow. ironic if they had Luke as a force apparition, like a force ghost, because then it would be like, wow, she's dead and alive, and he's alive and dead. <laughs> <laughs> there would be nice irony in the in the <laughs> And I wouldn't have passed JJ. I really wouldn't have passed him. I didn't get the no shit Sherlock in Endgame and Avengers Infinity War like I wanted, but, you know, I'm hoping for this. I gotta have little nuggets of hope. Maybe the title. And that's how you get through. Little nuggets of hope. No shit Sherlock. Little nuggets of hope. (laughs) Yeah. There we go. We usually get it by the end. So, for the end segment, this week I have uh, an interesting proposition. Well, an interesting question. I'm not going to offer you any. Uh, what if you could get one sci-fi spaceship? What would it be, and why? Oh, man, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. One sci-fi spaceship. Probably need to find a rocket engineer friend. Or somebody, you know... Yeah, unless you go Borg, and then you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. yeah, but then you lose the whole humanity aspect, Mr. Negativity, you know. There's a whole humanity thing you still want to... You're not really a human yeah, when you're bored. Then I can just play the games in my head. <laughs> just make a whole bunch of lemmings do your work for you. Okay. That's right. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going bored, Cube. My immediate thought is the TARDIS. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really meant for six people navigating that bitch, but eh, figure we'll play Doctor Who VR a couple times and I'll be good. I think I can I can figure it out. But uh that was my immediate thought. The other one would probably be I don't know, man. I would probably want to go with either the Razi, which is from Dark Matter, or even uh Expanse. What was their ship called? Um they renamed it several times. Yeah? Either of those uh, sci-fi ones, because those seem like feasible s- spaceships that I can yeah. fuel off of something I could get now. Mm-hmm. The TARDIS, that runs off a black hole, so really I could go anywhere in space-time, and I think I don't... I, I You know what? That's like putting heroin in front of an addict. I don't need that. I would completely fuck up the timeline. Worse than Barry Allen. <laughs> <laughs> you thought Trump was bad? Just wait till I fuck up. Oh my lord! Because you also uh, have like uh, Star Trek, Star Wars, any of those ships. You want to fucking Enterprise? Just fucking you can go anywhere in the galaxy. Then. Reminds me of that big, what's it? That Mormon ship in the Expanse? Yes, the Mormon one or whatever the fuck <laughs> they called it. It looked like a halo ring, but it was like a cylinder. And it's it just kind of spun around. Giant. But it was for a whole bunch of Mormons in space. The they Expanse. were escaping and going. To if somewhere. you haven't watched it, The Expanse is a really great fucking show. It's playing. on Amazon. I was planning on watching that. And they have Kyle Hill involved in it from Because Science, uh, who pretty much keeps it like, you know, realistic space wise and sciencey. Really good series. But uh, Fantastic. Yeah, the end season the next season's coming. Yeah. Sooner rather yeah. than later. So there's that to look to as well. Lots of stuff coming out at the end of the year push for all the uh, seasons. But my final answer, I'm you know what? I'm gonna tempt fate. I'm gonna say the TARDIS. Okay. Because um, how could you one, that motherfucker has anything you could ever want. You want a swimming pool? Boom. A room pops up with a swimming pool. 
We're bowling alley. It's there. Weird telescope that focuses moon rays through a crystal and eliminates wherever you want. Clothing. Give, give me Vader Super Star Destroyer. Oh, yeah. Vader that's Destroyer. New. That's the slick model. That's the upgraded. That, that's that's Nubian Prince God. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you, Vader, Vader had a sexy ship, man. Yeah, he did. It wasn't like them boxy Star Destroyers. He had a sexy ship. And he made sure that it was like four times bigger. <laughs> Compensating for something? <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he has no flesh. It's like the guy with the, You know what? Vader's penis probably did burn off in that lava. It did. It yeah. it did. Why no amount of force powers will save the penis. <laughs> Might be the title of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about tempting fate. And on that note. <laughs> yeah, we want to end off with there you go. the Oh, you didn't pick a spaceship. I have to go with the TARDIS, I guess. There we go. Two I TARDIS. Thought, I thought he was going to say the RV from Spaceballs. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? That wasn't a bad spaceship. Yeah. Mega yeah, Maid. Yeah. She's come from such a think of something. <laughs> Forget the ring. I, I got one in a cracker, cracker Jack box. Oh, <laughs> man. Mel Brooks. How is that man still alive? Because he's fucking Mel Science? <laughs> like, goddamn. But, uh, yeah, man. No, put me back in. (laughs) We want to thank Amy Tucker and Matthew Kennedy for liking the last podcast, episode 61, No Dr. Manhattans, He Ran With the Vein. And, of course, we always thank Kevin. Kevin. And Bob. We thank you all for tuning in, watching, and listening, and thank you all for your support. Check out Projangers and Wallhangers' page. Contact us. You can find us on all our social media handles on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. See us at the A1 Beer Bar November 9th and uh, definitely look out for any kind of projects and different kind of things going out there. I might think about doing a little Greedfall video and right. uh, maybe some other projects coming up, man. So we here at Projectors and Wallhangers, thank you all for watching and listening. Thank Bob and uh, as always, boys and girls, game on. We'll see you next week and always remember. That's life. That's life. Very good pointing points. Kevin's got a good point there. The movie that Penn wrote. The movie that Penn Penn. I mean, they're test tube babies. I'm sure they got like this, a save file or something from them. Assassin Cats. I want that game. Assassin's Creed players are horny. Oh, Unicorns yes. with purple wings. That's live. Well, so they say. That's a joker nod there. Shut in America! Just so we have something interesting for the end credit scene, because I got it off of Marvel. Then we have the Joker! 93.5 million at box office, just for the weekend. And a 39.8 million the first day in theaters <coughs> on Friday. Game of Thrones, the eighth season, that was 15 million per episode. They're shitting on HBO right now. Like, oh yeah? 25! <laughs> like a fucking soft serve ice cream machine shit. Like, George, I gave you one job, man. I told you to get the fucking patent. It's more like Spider Man and Destiny had a baby and they were the Avengers. 
Six e. Avengers with Camilla Khan as the sixth playable character. You could be a call-in com- component. Inception. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you guys a little bit. All, All right, right. Man. later, pal. Well, you still got to go. You still got to go live, but we're doing it live. 